We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome back to One on One, a KC Sports Network podcast with myself, uh, Mike DeVito, former nine-year NFL veteran with the New York Jets and the Kansas City Chiefs. And I am here with my brother and my co-host, Jeff Allen, uh, offensive line great, nine-year NFL veteran. Obviously, all you <laughs> Chiefs fans know him and Super Bowl champion. Got to get that in because that is just amazing. Um, yeah. And so we are here to talk to you about all things Kansas City from a player's perspective. Uh, before we would jump in, Jeff, this podcast is brought to you by Cookie Society Cookies. Um, cookie Society ships nationwide the best cookies out there. You can trust us. We're linemen. They're fantastic. Check them out, cookiesocietycookies.com. Uh, and thank you to them for sponsoring the show. Big Jeff, what's up, man? How you doing today? What's up, man? Good to see another day. Talk some football. Um, Talk some ball. OTAs, of course. That's the topic today. And, um, let's share our thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because <clears throat> OTAs is one of those one of those things for a player that it really depends on where you are at in your career and where you're at team wise. Whether it's a place you've been for a while or a place that you just got to, yeah. where that that really contributes into if you like OTAs as a player or dislike OTAs as a player, right? So just for my own experience in Kansas City, uh, I had spent six years with the Jets. Bob Sutton leaves New York, comes to Kansas City with Andy Reid in 2013, takes me with him. And uh, the first, um, you know, the, the first training camp is important, right? You're getting to learn what what Andy Reid is like, what his philosophy is like. I'm sorry, the first OTAs and mini camps and, and all the stuff that happens before training camp. So you come out to Kansas City in April, you spend two months there. And uh, you're you're learning the philosophies, right? You're learning what Andy yeah. Reid is about. You're learning about what you know what his style is like. You're you're meeting the guys for the first time, right? I remember that was really weird to be in a locker room with with new players in a new facility, and um, and so it was really important for for I think for us that year to get together in OTAs and OTAs and get after it and, and gel as a group. Then you start getting into the years, you know, 2014, 2015. You're there, you know, after that. Now, these guys have been together for a long time. You have Andy Reid there for yeah. a long time. And I feel like as a player, you start to you start to think, man, I, I, you know, I think I could be more productive at home, right? Like, I feel yeah. like I could be more productive at Definitely. the house. I, I, don't, I, I agree. don't need to go through the, the, the playbook again, 
right? Like as a defense. So, so again, I came from, from New York. We brought the same defense. So the same defense I had spent six years playing in New York. Now we're playing it in Kansas City. And so all the meetings where you're going through the basic defenses, right? And all the practices yeah. where you're going through the basic stuff. And I'm just like, man, what are, what are we doing? So I don't know. Yeah. What are your, like, so there were times in my career I liked it, times in my career I hated it. How, how did you feel about it? I agree with you 100%. I think as I got older, um, being in the same system year after year, it, it's repetitive. Um, you know yeah. the basics. Um, rookie, I mean, OTAs is basically an extension of rookie minicamp. Right. Or it's, it's for the younger guys or, or for the new guys coming in who, who don't know the system. Um, but early on, I mean, I think the, the great part is you're back in the building around the guys. Yeah. I mean, that, that never gets old. Right. Um, the offseason, depending on, you know, how far you go, it, it seems pretty long. You're itching to get back out there. So it's fun from that standpoint. But the classroom work, <laughs> it gets really repetitive the older you get. You know, it's like learning addition again, um, especially right. when you got things down. And as an old lineman, especially OTAs, especially Andy Reid, it's a passing camp. So it's all it's it's all for the receivers, all for the quarterbacks, the defensive backs. Um, it's not a big man camp. We're just there um, in place. They can have the orange cones for that. Yeah. Uh, but we yeah. get our work in training camp. And we put the pads on. So that's that's the fun time for us. So I would have to agree with you. It's it's not the greatest time in the world at OTAs, especially as a veteran old lineman. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because I remember when I was. You know, Tommy Brazier was our coach, our defensive line coach when I was with the Chiefs. And, uh, you know, Tommy Brazier had been around the game forever. I mean, he was like 100 years old back then. Uh, so he had been around the game forever. And he, he was very blunt and honest with us always. And he's, he's he always said, I hate OTAs. He's like, yeah. because it's two months of you guys, or, you know, whatever OTAs was, you know, the, the 10 practices in the minicamp. He said, it's it's 10 practices in a minicamp for you linemen to learn bad techniques that I have to take the first week and a half at training camp and coach out of you. Right. Because yep. so <clears throat> you normally when you practice during the regular season, you're either in pads or in what we call spiders, which are like these soft shell pads. Um, and in both cases, you can, you, you know, the soft shell pads, you can still get a feel for playing defensive line for staying off or playing offensive line. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not great. It's not as good as pads are pads. There's nothing that mimics pads. Uh, yeah. But you get to take the pads off. You put the spiders on it. It's a little less impact, but you still got to stay low. You still got a prayer technique in OTAs. There's none of that. I mean, you're just out there Nothing. in helmets. And, you know, Jeff, you as a as a, especially as a veteran, you hate that guy. Offense or defensive line. Yeah, who's going all out. Um, 100 miles. <laughs> I mean, you just oh. terrible. You hate that guy. You're, you're fighting with that guy all the time. You're like, will you stop? And it's always a rookie. It's trying it's to make the young team. guy. Yeah. yeah. And you understand. You get it. You, usually, you know, usually that's the first guy that gets dumped in training camp. Like everybody's <laughs> going after him, or vice versa on defense. You're just trying to destroy that guy. Like this is what the real deal is like. That's um, but, right. I mean, it's it's all fun and games. I mean, you got to understand. Um, I mean, we were all young at some point, so it gets frustrating. But it's almost like dealing with your kids. They don't know any better, and right. you got they just got to get their footing in the game and understand what it's like to be a pro. That's so no. That's I exactly. always give them. I always give them a pass early on. But if it's a, 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 a repeat offender that's when i get upset that's right <laughs> you'd be the last person i would want to do but um but yeah no and so for the rookies like you get it you understand what they're going through you understand that that they have to they have to you know show up and and as frustrating it is but as the older guys like we know the tempo and so yeah. 
you kind of you, you kind of make it look good. You get out your stance, but it's really you, you're standing up high. You're throwing your hands out like it really, it really did create bad habits that you would have to detox in training. At least as a defensive lineman, I thought it did. And so I remember when Brazier said that, I was like, well, then why are we doing? Why are we doing it? Especially the run game, right? Why why are we doing the run game? We're, we're just standing up. It, it just it's it's awful. Why why are we doing this? And uh, I just read in, uh, or saw an Andy Reid's press conference, and, and you can attest to this. I didn't realize this, but he had changed it now. Now it's just – now OTAs is just a passing camp. So they yeah. don't do any sort of run game. So, like, with the pass rush stuff, you always get that one guy that's going to bull rush. like yeah. idiot. But, like, outside of that, you can get some good hand technique working. You can work side to side, working on the edges, you know, hand fighting. So you can get some some of that work in. So – how, has Andy Reid been? Because I feel like when I was there, we were doing the run stuff in OTA yeah. and minicamp. Did he? So he changed that at some point, huh? That was over the course of like the last four or five years where he kind of changed that. We weren't really getting any good work in the run game, and it makes sense. You can't really go full speed without pads as an right. old D lineman because it's, it's a health hazard. <laughs> um, guys right. get hurt, um, so he switched to more passing, and I think they get a lot of good work at the skill position guys. The timing doesn't really change for them. I mean, it's the right. same with or without pads. So, you know, they're getting a lot of work in, learning the formations, um, you know, getting the routes down and quarterback getting the timing with the receivers. So that's beneficial for them. But as an O-lineman, it, it's kind of like a, a gray area. So you're not really getting too much work on the field, but you do get a lot of beneficial work in the classroom. I think one of the things that um, Andy Heck, the offensive line coach, he does a good job of not making it repetitive for the veteran guys. Mm -hmm. You know, the further you get along, in your career, you start learning new things. Um, we start learning and cover, start learning coverages. That's right. something not a lot, a lot of O line coaches teach offensive linemen, but everything ties together. What Andy Reid's doing now, and you talked about Andy Heck and adding different things in. I, I was always thinking, why don't we just, if we're gonna, if we're gonna learn bad habits, why don't we just let? Because you're right, the skill guys got to do it. Their stuff is all about timing, all about route running, yeah. all about being on the same page. With the big guys, if we're just gonna learn, if we're just gonna learn bad habits. And, and the offseason's already so truncated, right, compared to what it was before the new, the, the you know, now the two CBAs that have been in place. You, yeah. you, you know, I remember the strength coach is saying, wow, you know, this is hard. We got really two weeks to get you guys acclimated, three weeks of the actual program, and then OTAs start. And as a big guy, you know, that that weight room was just important for us as the, you know, as the on-the-field stuff. So I remember, let's just, I remember thinking, why don't we just keep just going in the weight room? Yeah, let the big guys yeah. lift and run and train and do and and get and big and strong and nasty. They need they need to get you in those meetings at the you know those right. league meetings so they can they can understand what we're going through as big guys. I think that's really a really good idea. Let us do our own thing. Let us lift weights. You know, get the cardio that we need as big guys. Get get our feet back underneath us and let those skilled guys work on their timing. And, right. and our real work will be done. You know, you know, at training camp. That's exactly right, and you can still go out there as a group and do indie and hit the bags and stuff. You can still yeah. get together in the in the you know do film study and do all that stuff that benefits you, but stay off the field, stay off your feet, and get in there and work out and just start get nasty. So I, I, I would say this though, I think I think this year is critical because it's it's entire it's an entire new group with the O yeah. You know, it's every I mean, all five guys are are new starters practically. Yeah. So yeah, this well, is really good. This is really Sorry. good for them. Um, they're learning um, in the classroom and, and going out in the field, and they can get some things down in the past game, learning protections, you know, yeah. as far as communication and being on the same page there. So that's a good head start for them. So this year, it's good for them. <laughs> yeah, so I guess it's not cookie cutter, right? Like, it's not one size. Yeah, 
Well, it depends on sort of the team and the group that you have. You're right. I mean, a quarterback, and this is something you can really uh, – you, obviously, you have first-person experience of this. But a quarterback in offensive line, the, the, the ability to gel there is, is vital. I remember yes. um, when Brett Favre – right, so we had Chad Pennington with the Jets, and then Chad left and Brett Favre came in. And Brett Favre had a nasty hard count. I mean, he just – he had this hard count where he could yep. – I mean, everybody would jump. And I remember they couldn't – our offense couldn't do it because the offensive linemen weren't used to hearing it, and so they would jump every time. I mean, it was so good that the offensive line would jump. Uh, yep. And so I remember the offensive line and Brett, like just staying after to do, you know, to do cadence work just because they cadence. had to get on the same page, you know, and that's just yeah, one little thing. Yeah, it's the little details that you take for granted as you get older when you're when you're the same group. I mean, those are the things that you're just used to. But as a new face and a new unit, those are things you have to pick up. Cadence is huge, especially for Pat. He does a really good job of getting guys mm -hmm. to jump. And that's when they get a lot of free plays. So. I think them learning those things early on, them knowing each other, them making the correct calls, and then also there's a lot on the plate for a rookie mm -hmm. center in Andy Reid's office. Just a veteran center. Um, he's responsible for setting up the protections, making the mic point in both the pass and the run, and being on the same page with Pat, making sure he gets in the ball where he wants it in the shotgun. There's a ton of responsibility for the center. So it's going to be critical for Creed Humphrey, and I'm looking forward to seeing him um, develop and grow. So now talk about that some more, Jeff. How is it because the center, you're right, is such a pivotal position. I mean, people yeah. think people think the quarterback's making all the calls. A lot of times it's the center that's making all the yeah. calls, setting the protections, you know, picking up the blitzes. And so what is it like for a guard and a tackle, or you know, or the out, you know, the guys on the outside when you have a rookie at the helm? Do you do you have to try to help him a lot to get him on the right page and then relay the calls? I mean, what's that like in inside there? Yeah, definitely. Everyone, everyone's going to be helping him. It's a, it's a team effort. Quarterback's going to be helping tackles, guards. Everyone's going to mm -hmm. be seeing indicators as he, as he goes along throughout the season. He's st he'll start to pick up things, but early on, there's going to be some things that he doesn't quite catch, and yeah. it's going to take some time. So it's going to be up to those veteran guys that are around him to get him up to speed and actually cover some of those things for him. But you know, he has one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league mm -hmm. behind center. So ultimately, at the end of the day, no matter what point he makes, Patrick's going to make him right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny as a defensive lineman, I used to love to take advantage of when there, whenever there was a new guy, even if it was an older guy who just hadn't been in the system, right. Who had just yeah. gotten there. Uh, I would stem the fronts around, move guys all <laughs> over, try to get them to talk. Right. So you can, if anything, you know, at a minimum you can pick up on, you know, uh, uh, terminology, right. So it's like, okay, what does he yeah. say? What words is he using? What happened after he said, you know, BB or AA, right? Get them talking yeah, so you can, right? Yeah, that's it's, right. it's, a, it's amazing when you're a younger guy or a guy that doesn't quite know the system very well, what happens when a guy moves from a, a one technique to a three technique? Just that small change, it just, it's a nightmare. You're like, what do I do now? What do I do? What do I do? What's the call? That's right. So it's literally, it's, it's literally, it's, it's tough to keep up when you don't know what's going on. So that's the, that's the hardest part as any position in the league as a rookie is mentally, are you there yet? Right. And you're right. going to constantly hear that throughout OTAs, throughout training camp. When these coaches and players are talking about the young guys, they're not going to talk about their skill set too much. Um, they're going to be talking about, are they mentally ready? Right. Because we're, we're all physically gifted. We all have, you know, what it takes to play the game, but what sets people apart is mentally, are you there? No, I mean, anticipating that's... everything the right way. 
And and that's why, and that's you hit the nail on that. I mean, that's why OTAs are important, right? So as like an yeah. older guy, we can sit here and complain about it. But you know, week two, week three, week four come around, and you have that rookie that's had the reps that is get, that is starting to get used to the offense, and because he built that foundation in OTAs, uh, uh, you know that that that's where that's where it really pays off, and so you see the purpose of it. Um, I, so this, I think, the Chiefs just finished their third week of OTAs, right? So you come yeah. in during an off-season training, you got two weeks of intro, three weeks of hard lifting and running. And then uh, what is it? It's three weeks of OTAs and a mini camp. Veteran mini camp. Yeah, veteran mini camp. And then you're off, you know, well, you're not off, but you get to go about your way and and, and you're training, getting ready for training camp. And that's when you hit the ground running. Um, That's that's truly when the season starts. I know um, everyone complains about preseason games and and training camp and whatnot, but that's truly where you become a better team and and you find out quick, you know, what your identity is going to be. Of course, it tweaks throughout the season, but that's where you lay the foundation in training camp. Right. Oh, and, and, and that's, and that's kind of why I liked week three of OTAs, right? So OTAs can get monotonous. Uh, and like we, we talked about some of the pitfalls of it, but week three was fun because Andy Reed um, will make week three where you have four practices that week. So the first two weeks you have three practices week three, you'll have four practices and Andy Reed makes each practice devoted to uh, one division. Yeah, team in the division, and then the first game of the season, and yep. so you'll start to scout, you know, scout other teams, and that is when you first you start to get a little taste of what's to come. We're like, oh, oh, yep. that's right, like that. This is what's this is what's coming up. You know, you start watching film, and it's like, so that that week was fun. You know, that week was fun, yep. and then you're going against scout team during practice, right? The scout teams are running the show, and. Uh, and so you're actually seeing what you're going to play against. That that week is pretty fun. I don't know. Did you? I mean, did you did you experience that the same way? Yeah, it's definitely fun because you're closer to the season, and that's right. what we all train for. That's how, what we prepare for. And, and when you're doing those things, that means it's it's one step closer. So you, right. when you get to training camp, you can start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And then week one comes, and it's, it's time to go. And that's when you get excited. And that's honestly what we all miss the most when we retire is literally. That first Sunday is, is it's running out that tunnel arrowhead. You smell a barbecue. You hear the fans going crazy, and you get that first play out your system, and then all those nerves are going gone, and you just you're just gone. You're going. It's the heat is up, right? Right. It's usually warm. You can you're sweating. Yeah. You're out there. You feel good, man. You make me want to just oh man, Jeff. I don't. I was thinking about it, man. Unbelievable. Man, barbecue after the game. Oh man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing better. You played played a good game. You won the game, and then you yeah. now you get to go out to eat with the fam and enjoy. It. Oh, it's just there's nothing better. As a retired guy, it, there's nothing you realize quickly. You, you you miss the ups and the downs, right? Like yeah. NFL season is you can get so low and so high and so low, and then you retire and everything's just sort of like steady, steady, and you're like. <laughs> Why, what are we doing? Like something's got to have got it, but you just you never get to experience that again. You know that ah, well, just... there's there's beauty in the struggle, and I think that you can't replicate that in necessarily in real life. I don't think you want to. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's a good but, point. You know, the term we use is no pain, no gain. Um, right. And pain could be mentally or physically. Um, without any of those ups and downs, or you know those situations where you have to persevere. You don't grow and you don't learn, and I think, um, I mean, you can you can carry it over to real life. So 
of things that you deal with in life, you, you always have to, you know, find the silver lining in it and figure out ways to get better. Right. Right. Well, we're going to get into a lot of that as we move forward. We're going to, our next episode will be a sort of special edition just on training camp and what training camp's like. And we have so many stories there, but before we head out, Jeff, let's, let's turn to some Twitter questions. We, we reached out to Twitter um, and we got a few questions here. So let's, let's answer a few before we go. Um, this is from uh, at the DQ. He asks, we okay on defense because I feel like we are not. Feel we need a spark. So I don't know, Jeff, you've 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 been there recently. How, how do you feel about this sort of defense that Spags has, uh, the roster he's got? Obviously, we know the defense, the defense the scheme is good, but what do you think of the roster right now on defense? I think they have a pretty good core. Um, obviously, it, it starts with um, the honey badger. He's the heart and soul of that defense. Um, and his attitude kind of permeates throughout that group. Um, you got guys like Frank Clark, you know, who's always mm. going, giving 100% effort, who's also a leader. And you got big Chris Jones in the middle, man. He's probably mm. one of the most dominant defenders, the most scary defenders in the NFL. Um, so you, it kind of starts with those three guys. And then, you know, from there, you know, everybody feeds off their energy. And then Spags, mm. he's always game planning well. Um, he's always right. putting guys in positions to succeed. And, you know, it's week by week. I mean, obviously they have their foundation, their core and what they do, um, but he's always going to find ways to throw that, you know, opposing offense off. Yeah. And you know, what's great about defense that I think uh, uh, is a bit different with offense is on defense. Like I remember with Rex Ryan, when I was with the Jets, he would always say, listen, if you're, whatever you're doing, if you're going to make a mistake or if, you, if you're getting out of your stance, just go a hundred miles an hour. Right, like just go 100 miles an hour and 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 just just let let the chips fall where they may. But go out there, have fun, and play. And that's that's really something you can do on defense is let it rip. And especially in Spags' defense, right? He's so aggressive. He wants the guys. I mean, you're playing the run on the way to the quarterback. You're 100 miles an hour upfield, getting after it. Um, and so that can cover that can cover a lot. You know, that can cover for some. Uh, maybe some that's talent. Why I was always, that's why I was always jealous of defensive players. I mean, <laughs> you guys have gaps, so you go full speed. Right. For us, there's so many, there's a million things going on in our heads and trying to figure out how to make adjustments mid play. So, right. you know, congrats, man. You, you're athletic enough to play D line. <laughs> <laughs> I was border, I was borderline. I was borderline. <laughs> I could have went either way. <laughs> uh, you know, it's interesting when I was with the Jets. Um, Eric Mangini, the last OTA, he had a switch. So the defensive lineman went and played O-line and the offensive line went and played D-line. And, and just for this reason, to get a perspective of what it was like for the other position. And I remember playing that right guard position and just, you know, looking at these guys moving all over the place and twisting it. And I was like, how in the world do they do this? Defensive line, it's like, Put your hand down, and either you're going straight, you're going right, or you're going left. That's it. And you just at the snap of the ball, you do that. Uh, I was, I just couldn't believe you get that perspective from an offensive line perspective. It was shell shock. I was like, how in the world do they do this? How do they do this? People be, all over. You have to be in unison, man. It's one group. If right. I'm not doing my job, then you know I'm making the guy next to me's job harder. So it's That's truly a, a response. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's a, it's a it's a unique. Um, position it's it's a lot of responsibility but um i honestly think that's the closest group of football it has to be you know if you want to be good jeff i remember playing offensive lines who had perennial pro bowlers who obviously were good and it made it difficult to play against 
but that was nothing compared to playing against an offensive line of, you know, solid starters who had been together for a long time. So yep. like Buffalo was always like this. You had Eric Wood and Andy Levitri and all these guys who had played together for a while. That was a hundred times harder than playing Dallas with all the pro bowlers that they had. You know what I mean? Or, or uh, New England was the same way, right? With Logan Mankins yep. and Matt Light and all these guys. They would been together for so long. They knew exactly how to work together. Exactly. I'll take it. And it, makes it. it makes it tough on you guys too because I, I know when, you know, toward my, my first senior in Kansas City, toward the end of it, we didn't have to make calls. We didn't say a word. We knew right. exactly what to do. You make The center makes the point and we, we're just rolling. So a defensive lineman wouldn't know if it was run or pass. I mean, you guys get indicators you know, our cause. And sometimes we make dummy calls just to mess with you guys. Yeah. Something yeah. That, you know, make a run call when it's really a pass. And, yeah. you know, you can't do that when you haven't been together for a long time. If you're playing next to someone who's new, um, that doesn't quite have that, you know, right. rapport with you. So right. everything meshes together when you got a group that's been together a long time. Jeff, I can't tell you how many times uh, a veteran team would say, you know, I'd be at the three tech position. So I'd have a guard and tackle in front of me and they would say, deuce, deuce, deuce. I'm thinking, here we go. Here we go. And what do you what do you bet? The C's part, and it's just a trap. <laughs> You're getting drilled. Smoke. Smoke. Oh, that's it was scary when I we played against the team that didn't communicate because you knew, uh-oh, they know exactly yeah. what they're doing. That's bad. Offensive line, that's bad news. All right, let's finish up with one more, Jeff. Um, and this one's perfect for you. Uh, this is King of the Old Code asks. I know it's the same question everyone has, but what are your guys' thoughts on how the O-line will shake out? So that's right up your alley, Jeff. What do you think? How's the O-line? They'll shake out like this. The best five guys will play. That's always been Andy Reid's model. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll give my best uh, prediction and, and my thoughts on it. Um, but at the end of the day, the best five guys are going to play. I think right now the best five guys are obviously going to be Orlando Brown, Joe Thune, um, the big free agent they just got. Um, I'm hoping Creed Humphrey, Humphrey works out as center as a rookie. Um, mm. Kyle Long will be right guard and probably a solid veteran. Mike Rimmers at right tackle. I mm. think those will be the five guys. Um, obviously, that room is packed with talent. That's just, a, yeah. I guess it could be anyone. Um, I mean, you got you know, a young guy, Trey Smith, they drafted. Um, you still right. got LDT in the room. He's right. a hell of a player, um, yeah. Who's yeah. A, a starter in the NFL. So we'll see how that shakes out. Right. Um, <clears throat> and you got Nick Allegretti, who, who did a solid job at guard, but I think his true position center, who's a great player. Mm. Um, you got Andrew Wiley, who's still a young guy who still has a ton of potential. Um, mm. Martinez Rankin, he's had some injuries, but he's. I mean, this group, this this room is loaded with talent. There's a ton of guys that have position flexibility that can play multiple positions, multiple spots which makes it harder to pick who those guys are going to be. So right. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, at the end of the day, it's going to be the best guys out there, which is best for the team. It, and it's amazing to think about because I've been on so many teams where we'd finish out the year, you'd have gaps in the roster. You think, okay, organization's got to address those gaps, and yeah. they don't. Andy Reid and Veach, they don't mess around, right? You lose, you lose Jeff Allen, you lose Eric Fisher, you lose – um, Mitch, shorts. Mitch, and you think, how are they ever going to recover for this? Boom. Offensive line room. Like I, I forgot the guy that he said out last year's name. I mean, he was a hell of a college player, too. So, I mean, that room is loaded. There's, there's, 
there's not a shortage of offensive linemen. Now, I think last year with all the injuries and that Super Bowl, um, they just said, screw it, we got to load up. And I think that's the best way to go. Right. And Pat has time. He's going he's gonna to do some damage. Yeah, that's that, I like the sound of that, brother. Well, Chiefs Kim, it's great to be back with you guys. Really appreciate this. Any any feedback you have, shoot us on Twitter, uh, Facebook, any of that. Let us know what's going on. Big Jeff, thank you. We'll see you again in a couple weeks when we do our training camp special. Can't wait. Go Chiefs. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.